1: Then I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with Brett McLeod, he's the director of New Hope Care, a great charity I'm connected to in uh, beautiful Brisbane. And we're going to hear a bit of his story today. Uh, Welcome along Brett, tell us your your story, Where, where were you born and raised mate? Oh thanks Matt, so I was born in Melbourne.
0: Victoria, in the eastern suburbs in Mount Waverley.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and tell us about your upbringing. Did you have like a religious upbringing or anything? We went to, uh, to church with our parents when I got married
0: at the Presbyterian Church in Oakley. And um, so I had a traditional church upbringing uh, right through Sunday school, was in the, was in the church choir as well uh, with my brothers and um, youth group. So we had a, a traditional church upbringing, but no real kind of revelation or or Teaching around discipleship or relationship with God, so I always knew God existed, but never had that personal connection. Mm,
1: okay, and tell us a bit about your uh, early career. Like, what did you do after school and everything? Yes, yeah, so
0: school. I followed my dad, who was working for the Melbourne Metropolitan Board of Works as an engineer. Uh, so I followed him into the Board of Works uh, as my first job right out of school, and was studying at the time. I was studying um, engineering full time at RMIT and and really didn't enjoy it. And then I ended up getting a job at the Board of Works and studying engineering at night school, which was even worse when you don't like it, at night school. So, so I kind of persisted with that for a while. And then I ended up leaving there and getting a job selling office equipment to Sheba Copiers and was was doing that for 14 years before I was transferred up to Brisbane with the same company and then ended up starting my own office equipment business after a series of events that caused that. And uh, and that was a very successful business, ran for 25 years. And then during that time, I also started a portable staging business for demandable staging in education calls. And... um, and a Christian recording studio and also customer service child mining and shopping centres was a business we took over that was going bankrupt and we ran ran that for about 14 years. So I had 14 business running that um, around central (laughs) administration and uh, was very busy and involved my wife, Karen, as well in all that.
1: Wow. Well, I remember getting to know you back in those early days uh, when I remember Harmony Staging Systems and I remember hearing about your childcare centres and all those things many years ago. Obviously, uh, Harmony Staging Systems, obviously that was just a stage you were going through, hey? (laughs) 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 Couldn't help myself. (laughs) So uh, I'd love to know also a bit of your faith journey. How did you come to know Christ? Yeah,
0: um, as I said, I I grew up in a uh, traditional family as far as... um, uh, early church experience, uh, but also it was a really solid, loving family. Mum and dad, um, middle class in Melbourne, and we had a good education opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, grew up in a very stable environment. Um, and as I said, I always, I never, never doubted that God existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was harder to believe, even though I, I wasn't following. Christ and we, weren't, um, we went to church regularly and then Dad got offended by a message actually and pulled us out of church um, when we were about sort of mid, mid-teens um, and so that kind of ended that but, but I never I never failed to believe that existed and uh, those seeds were deeply entrenched and it wasn't until we moved to Brisbane uh, for work and of course I had work to get st- stuck straight into so I had things to do but Karen was stuck at home without family, friends, her network and was really miserable for the first two months um, when we moved here. And a beautiful Christian lady lived next door. She knocked on the door and asked if Karen was okay. And, of course, she broke down in tears and said no. And so they formed an immediate relationship. And um, this lady and Karen just walked every day. and, And this beautiful Christian lady just shared Christ, her journey with Jesus With Karen, and eventually led her in a prayer of salvation, and I saw such a change in her. I just couldn't deny that something had happened, and I actually said, "You know, put your teeth away, Karen. I'm sick of looking at them." She smiled for a week, and (laughs) and and I said, "What's got into you? Are you born again or something?" And uh, she said, "Yeah, that's it." And it it just resonated with her. So, in the course of walking with our neighbour, our neighbour said to Karen, "Look, what do you need?" And she said, "Well." We can't afford where we're living at the moment in Baden. so um, and I just encouraged Karen to pray. We'll just pray about that. The next morning, which was Saturday, Karen woke up. We just moved to Brisbane, and Karen woke up saying, Sandgate, we, we need to have a look at Sandgate. We didn't even know that suburb existed in Brisbane, and so we looked up the Referdex back in those days, and um, we're talking 30 years ago, looked up the Referdex and uh, found that there was a Sandgate. We drove there and straight to a house that was to let at the price we could afford, and within a week we're in there. And um, my story starts there because Karen went, went to church that following Sunday, and uh, I thought, "You beauty," because I love golf, and I thought, "You know, this is my opportunity every Sunday just to hit the golf course, <laughs> undistracted, and and not feeling any guilt." And so I thought Karen's going to be busy doing that, so she was off into the car with our six-year, old our, our three-year-old, I beg your pardon, and um, I had the golf shoes on before the car left the driveway. And before I got out the door, I picked up the Bible that our neighbor had given Karen and I had a bit of a commentary about Christianity and what's involved and and, uh, the state of the world and uh, how you can become a Christian. And um, I remember before I read the prayer to to invite Jesus into my heart, I just shut the Bible and said, God, I know you're real. I can see what's happened to Karen and the change in her hit me with the same juice. (laughs) That was my first prayer, Matt. And and I read this prayer of salvation, and it was just phenomenal. Um, The the love of God was so tangible. It was like marshmallow I could grab it and put it in my pocket. Uh, I just felt the love of God, and I just kept saying over and over again, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And I just kept repeating that. And um, when Karen came home, of course, she talked about her experience. I couldn't wait to tell her about what happened to me right there at home. And 30 years ago, that happened. And ever since, we've just been... We dived in the deep end and we haven't come up yet. It's Mm. it's just been an incredible time in God just being led and
1: guided by him. Wonderful. I love the fact that your sinner's prayer included the words, Lord, hit me with the same juice. (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Basically, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) And more, that's right. And more. That's awesome, mate. And how did your life change after that day? Yeah, well, um, it was
0: interesting because uh, I was working with um, a company that I was transferred, as I mentioned before, the office equipment company um, in Melbourne. I was they had a branch up here, so so I was still working for them at the time I received Christ. And for most of my young adult, late teen, young adult life, I really wanted to run my own business, and um, that was a dream I had. I never really had the opportunity. Uh, I was successful in the office equipment company I was working for but never dreamed that one day I could potentially be running my own business. And then through a course of um, events, uh, an opportunity opened up for me to to launch out of my own office equipment business, which I started um, some 30 years ago, just after I came to Christ. So that, that door opened, and that was a real answer to prayer because that was a desire of my heart that I could never achieve. And God just opened that door. But not only that, there's a verse in the Bible where it says he can do exceedingly abundantly greater than we get asked, think, or imagine. And I ended up running four businesses, as I mentioned before. That just opportunities kept opening up, mm. and um, the timing. So, so in terms of my life change, um, certainly uh, the entrepreneurial you know, business element of my life really took off, um, and our faith journey started faithfully service serving uh, in a church, a local church, and um, very quickly, Karen and I were on the worship team and leading worship. I was invited to be part of the board and I just fell in love with the role of the church. Mm. I understood the importance and significance of the lighthouse that the church is on the earth for proclaiming the goodness of God and being that a place of, of, of attracting people where they can be confronted with their need for a saviour. Mm. And so I just loved the aspect of that and the whole governance side of it attracted me. So uh, um, everywhere I've been, I've served in that capacity and we've we've just filled in wherever we could and uh, just love serving the local church.
1: Awesome. Now, when we first met many years ago, I remember you were the business guy and then all of a sudden you were the focus on the family guy in Australia. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, focus on the family has impacted my life. I've heard, I've heard so many of their radio programs and uh, they've impacted me so much. How did you get involved in focus?
0: I got trained up as a facilitator for the Drug Proof Your Kids program. Mm-hmm. Um, you might recall that came out. And uh, that was a really – and I did it for selfish reasons because initially because um, our kids were in that primary school age group. Mm-hmm. And we um, thought, well, what can we do to really shore them up? And then that became a program we started run within our church. Um, and that's how I got linked, first linked with Focus on the Family. I got to meet Glenn Williams, who started Focus here in Australia. Um, and so he invited me eventually onto the board to focus on the family that I served for about five years be- before being invited to be CEO. So so I, yeah, the, the Drug Approve Your Kids program was the initial link into that. And it was interesting because our kids were of that age before they went into high school that it started the whole ministry that I'm not sure you're even aware of, Matt. Uh, in the church we were leading, in um, there was uh, a, a youth group, not a really strong youth group. So Karen and I thought, How can we provide a feeder group? And so we started this thing called the Pre-Team Dream Team for kids 11, 12 before they go to high school. (laughs) And we would do an event a month uh, where we eventually had kids from seven primary schools around the Graceville area uh, and 300 or so kids went through the program in the time we were running it um, where we would do an event a month and do bowling, indoor rock climbing, those sort of things, ice skating. Uh, But every month we would take time out to speak to the kids about life principles, which were biblically based, but life principles, and also um, drug awareness. And the catch cry at the end of every one of those events was, I would shout out, go for your dreams, and the kids, all these kids would yell out wherever they were, say yes to life and no to drugs, And we would do that three times, and by the end of it, these kids were screaming out at the top of their voice, say yes to life and no to drugs. And, of course, all the parents at these public venues would come over and say, what's this all about? And so we recruited like, – we, we did events where we had three full-size buses we were taking kids out to. It was just phenomenal. Wow, so and, good. And uh, so the pre-team dream teams were started, and I guess, I guess that's where my heart was to do what I could to educate people, to to um, parent well, uh, to be deliberate and, and – um Intentional around how to raise their their kids to make good decisions, and that's what drew me into focus on the family, and I was invited to be the the CEO for a season. Uh, Which really ticked all the boxes of of taking that whole motivation even further and wider in terms of helping parents to flourish in their families.
1: Yeah, wonderful minister. And we should just say families.org.au if you want to have a look. Uh, They've got great resources on there. And uh, of course, uh, you used to be on the radio and still are on the radio a little bit as Brett McLeod. And now there's a Brett Ryan who runs Focus on the Family. Yeah, that's right. One Brett to another. We're we're almost out of time, but a couple more quick Mm. questions. So, firstly, Mm. You shared with me recently uh, that you went over to the US with our mutual friend Liam uh, Liam Renton yeah. and you yeah. got to meet a whole bunch of Christian bands over there yeah. and I'm a Christian music junkie so just name drop for me. What are some of the Christian bands you, you got to work with when you were involved in Christian radio as well?
0: Oh, so um, uh, the Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman um, we met with them. Liam was over there conducting interviews so we were you know, we were involved in the process of lining all those up, and um, uh, DC Talk, and um, you, you name it—like all the bands. Oh my goodness! There. I wish so, I was well, there I to carry your lift. suitcases. <laughs> yeah, I, I jumped on the lift, and Francesca Battistelli jumped in, and I helped carry a guitar. It was just like <laughs> <laughs> it was—it was—it uh, was quite surreal, actually, um, and a great—a great experience. And there was one time where there were four artists: Stephen Curtis Chapman. Petestelli, um uh Michael W. Smith and, and one other, and they were all singing each other's hits. It was
1: just, oh, so it was just cool. surreal. It was amazing, incredible time. So cool, and you're involved in Nine Six Five Radio for a number of years, and, yeah. And then you're involved in IC Church for a number of years. Uh That's El- right. You know they've got several campuses around Australia and the world. I know you, you know, yeah. But but before we wrap up, you know, your, your new role, which mm. we're working together on. Uh, yeah. Full disclosure here, um, you, you've become the director at New Hope Care. You know, we run a soup kitchen in the inner city of Brisbane, and we we yeah. go to all the boarding houses and hand out meals and. You know, uh, it's an incredible charity that you, you're taking the reins of recently. Mm. Um, you and your wife walked into New Hope Church on Good Friday, um, right. kind of just seeking God about what was next in your life, and and you stayed around for the soup kitchen on Good Friday. Tell us yeah. what God had been doing in, in your life uh, that day.
0: Oh, we, we, we didn't know what to expect. We just thought we were coming to a Good Friday service, and that's what it was. It was a great Good Friday service, uh, but there were all these tables set up at the back of the church. and uh, we asked, what, what's that about? And the people that we knew um, from the church said, look, there's a, every Friday there's a soup kitchen for the, for the homeless that are bust in. And I said, oh, wow. And so they said, do you want to join us? So, yeah. So we sat down and uh, discovered that this happens every Friday and people pack food and hamburgers and then visit 35 shelters. And we thought, wow, that is incredible. I, that's exactly what kind of fits what, what Jesus would be doing. And we thought, how can we jump in? So the following Friday and every Friday since, Karen and I, Um, started packing food and volunteering uh, going out on the shelter runs and meeting people and just hearing the incredible stories of uh, of um, brokenness and um, hopelessness and knowing that we can do our part in making a difference so so we just kind of jumped right into that Um, and then of course the previous director um, got another job and the the opportunity opened up so I was invited to take on that role and um, we just keep pinching ourselves because because this of all the things I've done, this would have to be the most fulfilling and rewarding. Every day you see change. Every like I've helped homeless people with emergency accommodation, helped get them into rehab so their lives can be turned around. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that.
1: And you know, I know that you and your wife. Are also running a youth alpha course at one of the boarding mm-hmm. houses now, and people are coming to Christ through that. And and this is the thing: it's great to feed them, it's great to yeah. uh, preach the gospel, but we've got to disciple them as well. And I know that you're very yes. active in following up all these new believers too, which is a massive job. Um, and you know, I, I just wanted to say, mate, it's been so good to hear a bit of your story today. I know it's only just the headlines of your story, but um, sure. really excited to see what God's uh, going to do uh, in this new role. And you know, I know that you're. Uh, passionate about raising up an army of people to go out into these shelters and and, and that's what we're all about. So, mate, it's so good to hear a bit of your story today. Brett, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry, and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history.